This is Truth and Love Ministries, where we bring people home to God by learning His truth and experiencing His unending love. Most days, we believe we can run our lives better than God can. We act as if we are our own God instead of Jesus. This week, Pastor Nunn shows us why living by our own will won't give us the results we're truly after. We pray this message refreshes you and speaks encouragement to whatever is going on in your life right now. Now for the message, being your own God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 says this. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Huh? There you go. Oh, I can? Awesome. I'm in control now. All right. And, I, no, I don't, don't want to mess up. I wait. I wait. I don't see it moving. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as what? God's. And let's, let's read that this way. Not just knowing good and evil, but knowing how to discern for your own self that you can be a God to yourself. The greatest temptation for every man and for all of us is, is to be a God to ourselves. That's what the devil's offering us. That's what he was offering us. And I'm sure, title of the message, being your own God, and I'm sure it's been hard these 14 months. I'm sure being away from church, being away from church people, being away from just, just the presence that comes with church, it's been difficult. And some of us have drifted, and it's easy to drift because you drift while you're here most of the time. And it's easy to drift away from being connected with God. I know that, see, this, this make you accountable. This, this holds you accountable. But see, I don't know... If you if you are if you at home, then there's nobody to make you go to the podcast and listen to it. There's nobody to to force you to hear the message. But see, if you come, then you're gonna hear the message. So it's been it's been it's been difficult. Oh, y'all had one to make y'all do it. Okay, good deal. I think Sister Sean called the family together and said, "Hey, get get it. It's time." So that's a, that's a good thing, but. You know, even, even in that, we kind of drifted and we've kind of started handling things on our own. We've been going through situations and we've been having to deal with them kind of by ourselves because we hadn't had that fellowship and that unity and that coming together where we can share what we've been dealing with. Now, some people call and say, I'm going through this and pray for me about this. But the truth of the matter is some people just been fighting through it, just been dealing with it. And don't tell nobody nothing. And I believe that when we do that, we're actually literally trying to be a God to ourselves. And I hope that some of us or most of us have learned that it don't work. That it does not work. And when you do that, it don't turn out how you think it should. It's not going to work out how we think it ought to work out. We can see the results of our failures and our trying to be God over our lives and I was trying to make things happen because a lot of times when like I say when we separate it we actually come to a place and a point where we pretty much take over I know I had some situations where I felt like man you know you know like a, 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 a one one movie I was watching one time and, and the guy said he said he said God have mercy he said no God gonna have to sit this one out and I know you probably felt, <laughs> felt that way sometimes when you go into a situation. God going to have to sit this one out. I got this one. I, I'll take care of this one. So, and, and, and it don't turn out the, way we, we, the way, way we think it should. So the first thing I want to talk about is, is, is dealing with the subject of prayer. And prayer 
and this is, this is our definition, I'm going to say. Prayer, for the most part, is getting God to do what we need him to do to make our lives better or as we want them to be. Anybody disagree with that statement? We pretty much do that, don't we? We ask God to fix something, change something, move something, do something, to, because it's something that's irrit irritating us, to heal us, to touch us, deliver us, set us free. It's something that we want him to do. And to me, that would be using God to get what I want as opposed to God using me to get what he wants. And then the parent becomes a child. Anybody ever been? Yeah, I hope ain't none of y'all never been in that situation where the, the, the parent become the child. I've seen some households where the parent actually become the child. That's actually throwing things in reverse. And we actually get to the place where we are, we think, we think that it's me over God instead of God over me. Me telling him how I need things to be done to accomplish my will and to establish his kingdom and not mine. That's what we use prayer to do. When Jesus actually taught us, when Jesus actually taught us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, he said this now. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that word is what? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now think about that. When you see the word thy, he's exactly talking about somebody else. He's not talking about us or ours. He's talking about his kingdom coming, and with the kingdom comes what? King. A king. And when a king comes, what happened to the people? They become subject. I was, uh, I was joking that these Laotian ladies that work at Briggs and Stratton, one of them, she's getting ready to retire, and she said, she's she from Laos, and she said, when I retire, I'm going back to, she want to go back to Laos. And I said, uh, I said, any black people in Laos? She said, very few. I said, well, when you go back to Laos, I'm going back to Laos with you. And I'm going to be the king of Laos because I'll be the only black man over there. And so they taught me how to say king in Laos, Jalsivet. So every time I see him, I said, Jalsivet. And she said, King I, King I. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the king of law. I do like, a, like one of the comedians said, I'm the king right here. So, so she, she said, she said I, every, day, every day when I see him, I said, Sabadi. Sabadi means hello in Lao. And Jalsavet means king in Lao. So they ask, I, every time I see him, I say, Sabadi. And then they'll say, Sabadi. And I'll say, Jalsavet. And they'll say, King Ike. The one, the one that's going to retire, she's the King Ike. And the other little Laotian lady, she, she'll say, she'll say, yeah, you the king of V-Twin. I said, no, no, don't want to be the king of V-Twin. I want to be the king of Lao. I have to work on V-Twin. I want to go to, and I joke with them about it. So we, we actually think that it's not for our kingdom to come. It's for God's kingdom to come. And then when we pray this, we're actually saying that his will needs to be done. Now, how many folk know that there's only one will that's going to be lived out in life? It's either going to be my will or God's will. We saw that when Jesus was praying and Jesus said what? Not, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, he was struggling on his own will, but yet he realized that if he had his will, well, then we would be lost. So he actually said, not my will, but thy will be done. And the truth of the matter is we have to come to a place in prayer where we say, not my will, but thy will be done. And then prayer was meant to bring us to a place where we come to God to find insight into what's going on in our situation so we can submit to his will and not try to change it. And this, this is what I wanna, want you to get from this, is that we need to come to the place where we come before God to see what is he doing? You know, before you, actually, before you actually try to pray, before you actually try to pray about a situation, wouldn't it make sense to find out where God is? 
Because if you don't know where God is, and secondly, it would make sense to find out what God is doing. Because a lot of stuff that we equate to the devil, not the devil. A lot of stuff we, well, we rebuking the devil and binding the devil and all this kind of stuff, it's not the devil. And I always remember this, that the devil is on a short leash with God. You read that, reading the book of Job, and the devil came before the sons of God, and, and he said, where you been? I said, walking to and fro in the earth, up and down in it. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He's a faithful and upright man, one that feared God and sheweth evil. And, and, the, and the devil said, the only reason he served you because you got that hedge around him. You take that hedge away from around him. I'll make him curse you to your face. God told him, said, now you can go, but you, you can touch anything, but you can't touch him. Can't touch his body. So the devil left and did what? He went and touched everything Job had. One came, my cattle gone, my camels gone, my, 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 my sheep are gone, my servants are gone, my children are gone. And then all of a sudden Job came and threw dust on his head, tore his robe, fell on the ground. Naked I came into the world, naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible said, and all this Job didn't sin. Then we see where the devil went back again. He said, a man will give anything for his own skin. And we know that to be true, don't we? He said, he'll give anything for his own, to save his own skin. And, 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 and God told him, said, now you can go and touch him, but you can't take his life. And we see what? God controlling every aspect of what the devil was doing in the life of Job. And guess what? He doing the same thing in your life. And Job, what if Job had stood up and said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus? What would have happened? What would have happened? Nothing. Because he can't rebuke the devil when God was in the midst of it. I can't bind Satan when God told him you can go and do A, B, C, and D. Because God had a purpose and a plan. God was revealing to Job where Job truly was. Job thought that he was higher than what he really thought he was. And notice that Job was actually making his sacrifice in fear, not in faith. It said because he said, I, I sacrificed daily for my children because I was afraid while they, they parted that one of them might sin against you. And so... That God, Job, Job had to come to the realization that he was making sacrifice not for faith, but because he was afraid. Not because he wanted God's will, but he, he wanted what? His will. And his will is what? God, keep my children. Protect my family. And then God allowed all that stuff to happen so he could literally see. So... James said it this way, James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when that trouble comes. Now, ain't none of us there. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, when trouble comes, we, we, we panic. We go into this tailspin, so to speak. But he, James is trying to teach us something. He said, now, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And then tell us how we can do this. He said, you got to know something. He said, if you know something, then you can count it joy of what you're facing and going through. Knowing what? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, God ain't trying me, he trying my faith, and it's working out something in me. He's working out patience and let patience have a perfect work, mature work, complete work, that I may be complete, lacking nothing, or no defects. No defects. And I, I, I hate to even say no defects. Because I'm going to tell you, every day at 2 o'clock we go to a meeting and all we talk about is defects. And the purpose of the meeting is this, to eliminate the defects. Eliminate the defects. So you go in and you, you got to do all these forms and when something happens you got to ask why five times. Why, 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 why? To try to get to the root cause of what happened. And that's what God is doing. In every situation, God is trying to get to, he's dealing with the root of what your problem is because he's trying to eliminate something so that you can be mature, complete, and have no defects. He's trying to eliminate defects. But how do you know you have a defect until what? You put in a situation. How do you know you got a bad attitude until you put in a situation? 
And see, most of the time when God allows us to go into a situation, what he's doing is he's not so much exposing other people as he is you. He's trying to let you see you. He wants you to see who you are. So when something happens, don't go to saying if they hadn't done this, if they would do this, if they would stop that, if they would. No, say, God, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What needs to change inside of me is the question that we need to ask. And then he says, if any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what's going on, he said, ask him. Ask him. He don't mind telling you. He'll tell you what's going on. He'll give you insight into your situation about what's going on in your life so that you can go through it with success. But most time we pray for God to give, get us out. In any given situation, the question we should ask is, God, what are you doing? And the second question I would ask is, where are you in this? Where are you in this situation? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? We can't do it how we think it should be done. We can't pray how we think we need to pray. Jesus taught us to pray, his kingdom come, his will be done. And if I pray his will, according to 1 John 5, 14, he said, if I ask anything according to his will, he know, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears, we know that we have a petition that we desire of him. So if we can learn to seek God's will in the midst of a storm and see where God is, then we can pray the right way. Then we can be like James because I know what he's doing. I can have joy because I see he's working something out on the inside of me. I'm going to tell you, when, 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 when we changed plant managers, I thought the man that came was the worst man that ever walked God's earth. I did. I mean, that man, and he's still something serious. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. He is something serious. He he, 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 he have fits. They, he been off all week. And guess what everybody's anticipation is? He coming back money. No, no, that's not the, the anticipation is, is that he, he's coming to the plant today. And he's going to walk around and he's going to be in a rage Monday. That's, they know what he, they know what he do. Every, every time he go on vacation, come back, he come back Sunday, he walk the plant, he take pictures. I may have a text now with a picture on it, something he saw in the plant. And he'll, and he'll take pictures and he'll send it to everybody and, and, and have all these little phrases on there. But everybody's anticipating him coming back. And I thought this man was the worst thing that ever happened to Brigham but in my, my opinion, he's the best thing that ever happened to that plant. And the folks that didn't want to submit to it, gone. People with 20, 25 years, gone. Because you know what? He got rid of the network. The good old boy network. Been in play ever since I've been at Briggs and Stratton. Favor them, they get the raises, they get the, the blessings, they get the good stuff. Don't nobody say nothing to them. This man don't care who you are. He don't care. They walk, they walk on pins and needles when they're around him. But God put him there. God put him there. And he put him there. Why? He's shown me a lot of stuff about me. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of my flaws and faults since the man been there. I've seen where he, God is using him to try to take me to another place. I could be binding the devil. I could be praying for God to move him. But the truth of the matter is, that's who God wanted in that place at this time. If for nobody else. For me. For me. Because it exposes me. And I had sense enough to say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? And it, I'm going to tell you, it's been a rocky road. It's been a rocky road. Everybody that got anybody that operate a job, work at a place, Keith, you know what it's been like to try to have people on a job this day and time, right? Yeah. Don't nobody want to work. Unemployment high. They're getting them big checks, unemployment. They're getting, when the unemployment, 
get 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 slow, the stimulus come. I mean, man, people just done got what well, they don't want to do nothing. Nothing. They just and, and and it's been it's been a crazy chaotic ride for I'm sure for everybody. I seen the new generation of people and man, I tell you what. This one time I'm glad to be getting old. To be able to get out. <laughs> man, y'all gonna have something on y'all hand in all y'all young folk that gonna be left to fool with these jokers. Y'all gonna have some deal with these people or something serious. I mean something serious. Anyway, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 4, talking about the story of Abraham. And it says, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And he said unto him, Abraham, and he, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, this is what God said. Now he said, now take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee in the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Note the words in blue. He's actually saying what? He said, now take your son. Notice he, had, he did have two. Ishmael was born by this time. He didn't, he didn't ask him to sacrifice Ishmael because he knew he loved Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise. He said, now take... Let's read it this way. Take that thing that you love and sacrifice it. He said, I want you to give to me or I want you to kill the thing that you love the most. And notice what he said. Now, he said, now, get into the land of Moriah. He's telling them where to go. And he said, now, I want you to offer him to me. And then he said, now, for a burnt offering up on, look, one of the mountains which I will tell you of. Several things we need to learn from this. God wants what you love. He wants you to offer it to him. And he wants you to offer it to him where he tell you. In other words, I can't offer it wherever, wherever I want to offer it. I can't give it where I want to give it. I can't do it how I want to do it. I got to do it. I got to give him what he says, I got to give it when he says, and I got to give it where he says. See, people think that I can go where I want, do what I want, when I want, how I want, and God going to accept it because it was good. Not true. Not true. I got to do what God say. And let me, let me throw this in. Mailman in the house. In order for me to change my address, I got to... Turn in a yellow card, right? How many days does it take for the, everything start flowing to my new address? About two weeks. Okay, so I turn in the yellow card. In two weeks, I turn, after I turn in that yellow card, all my mail is now coming to my new address. People have a tendency to think that that's how God works. People think that they can go wherever they want and get what God has for them wherever they go. It don't work that way. God has an appointed address where he tells you to be, and if you're not in that place, listen to me good, you may get some good mail, but it won't be life-changing. You may, you may be getting some good mail. It may be the best, man, you might be, man, oh, man, this best stuff I ever heard, but guess what? Your life will not change because you are not where God tells you to be. And notice this is what he told Abraham now, and you're not giving him what you love. Remember Malachi, when Malachi was talking about offering a sacrifice to God, he actually said what? He said, now, you know, bring me the best lamb. In other words, don't bring me that lamb that the wolf got hold to. You know, have one of his legs gone and he, he out there in the fold like this. And, and you said, man, you know, my will gone sacrifice that one to God. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on and let the law have that one. Yeah. Yeah, go on and let the law have that one. Wolf done ate half his hind out, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, you don't want the wool all messed up and he can't halfway get around. He ain't going to be able to have no more sheep. So, you know, might well just go ahead and let, let, let Jesus have that one. So he's he telling us now, 
He said, I'm not taking whatever you want to give me. I, I, I'm telling you, I want what you love. And I want you to give it to me where I tell you to give it to me. Can't do what we want to do. And then he says, now, Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. He went where God told him. And then, and then on the third day, now notice Abraham, he'd been traveling three days. He lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. He said, man, that's where God want me to be. And he went to that place. He went to that place. And then I put this in here, counter for just sort of entertainment. And it said, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Daddy, he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, I see the fire and I see the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? In other words, Isaac said, now we done done this before. Daddy, we done went and sacrificed before. We done went and and, and, and worship God before, and you, you always had the wood, you had the fire, and, and you had a lamb. It's this time you ain't, you ain't got no lamb, so he, what, what you gonna kill? <laughs> I was getting curious. We breaking protocol. You know, we normally have all this stuff together, and our daddy telling tell the men we going to worship, and daddy ain't got nothing to kill. So here Isaac, he going with him, and he's saying, Daddy, what? And, and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. Now, he said, they went, both of them together. And then, he said, and, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That would have been, me and my daddy would have had the biggest fight we ever had in our life that day. He finna try to tie me to the thing? <laughs> he finna light some fire under me? Yeah. Now, 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 my daddy did make me stand on the heater one time. That close I ever been with the fire on me. But uh, I don't know if I could have let him tie me up. And dad, dad, you know dad over 100 now. He over 100 because he was 100 when he had him. Isaac big enough to walk and talk. So I'm going to say Isaac about 10, 12 years old. I think daddy, if daddy didn't have a fight, he would have had a big run on his hand. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have ran him out of wind. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been like, I mean, I wonder sometimes, is that story really like it says? He built the altar, he laid the wood in order, and then Isaac, like, okay, daddy, go ahead and tie me up. I can't see it. And then, look what happened. It's said, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now I got a million dollar question I want to ask. What would happen if Abraham, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, he said, now you go out and I'm going to show you, go out to Moriah, and he said, I'll show you what mountain to sacrifice him on. So what if Abraham had woke up and said, felt like God was leading him that way, but he said, man, I want to go that way. What would have happened? He'd have killed his son. Because guess what? That ram was where God told him to be. If he had not been where God told him to be, the ram wouldn't have been caught in the thicket. We got to understand that God has a reason and a purpose for telling us to be and to do 
whatever it is he's telling us to do and to be. There's a reason for it. And most of the time that reason is you may not understand. It don't make sense to us. But you got to be where God tells you to be because if he hadn't, guess what? This ram, would, might, he might have been caught in the thicket, but Abraham would have been on another mountain. Now God got to do something else, and that's why, that's why we put God to work because we're not where he tell us to be, and therefore now God got to resurrect Isaac from the dead because Abraham chose to go to another mountain. Instead of being what God tell him to be. And all, see, the way it went, all God wanted to see was his heart. When Abraham drew that knife back, God knew he was willing to give up the thing that he loved. He knew he was willing. So God said, ho, 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 I see. I see, I see you'll do it. I see you'll do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Look over there, there's a ram. We got to... Always remember, it is so critical to be where God tells us to be. Or we can be like Paul said. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. He said, and though I bestowed all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. In other words, he said, man, I can give away everything I own and feel good about myself, but if I didn't give it out of the right motive, out of, and when I see the word love, I tie love and obedience together. So if I don't give it out of love and obedience to God, guess what? Ain't nobody happy but the man I fed. <laughs> Ain't nobody got a benefit but the hungry. You think that you done won some kind of prize in heaven, but the truth of the matter is, God said, I ain't even accept it. I didn't even take it because you gave it where you want it. You did it how you wanted to do it. And he said, it profits you nothing. He said, you can go sacrifice yourself. But if I didn't tell you to do it, there's no results. And sometimes we wonder why we give and 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 we're never blessed. Because it ain't where God said. Or we can be like people in Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. He said, many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord, have we not, and, and I like this because he didn't leave nobody out. He said, have we not preached in your name? And in your name, I got all these spiritual gifts working in me. I done cast out devils. And in your name, I done done so many wonderful things. I've done so many awesome things. And man, I'm going to tell you, that, that's going to be a sad day to get to the end and literally think that because you've done these things, and Jesus is, going to, Jesus is going to look at you and say this. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that do it your own way. He said, get away from me, you that choose to do it how you want to do it. Man, don't you want to know before the last day? Man, I don't want to find out I ain't got enough money when I get to the register. I want to know before I get there. I want to know. And the next thing we need to see is this. His instructions are very, 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 very precise. Very precise. You know, sometimes we be foggy about, man, should I do this? God, show me, lead me, guide me, direct me. You know what I'm saying? But, but let me tell you, God is clear. God is clear if you wait for him. Genesis chapter 17, verse 3 and 4. Look, 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 look what he told Elijah. He said, get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Look at all them directions now, all those details. And it shall be that thou shalt drink from the brook. Look now. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you where? Where I told you to be. Where I told you to be. Now, now know what God is going to do now. He, he spoke to the birds. And he said, now every morning, take him a snack at noon. And then in the evening, take him dinner. He spoke to the bird and told him that. 
And now, if Elijah had decided, and I'm going to stop over here in Columbus, guess what's going to happen? He's going to die of thirst and hunger because that ain't what God told him to be. And look at all the details that God gave him. Now, he said, turn eastward. Now, this is right after he, he, done, he done killed a pro Well, let's see. Was that before? Right after he, No, that, that's when he went into uh, uh, the king's palace and told him it wasn't going to rain for three and a half, three years because they had been worshiping idols. So he, he coming in there to tell him. He, come, he done went in there and told the king this. So now God said, now you better go hide now and go hide. Eastwood gave him all these specific instructions. Now, after, the, after, after while the famine was going on, God spoke to him again. He said, now arise, get thee, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. And behold, here he is again. I have commanded. And look who he commanded. A widow. A woman that don't have a man and probably shouldn't have nothing, as which she really didn't. He, but he said, now, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain me there. Now, notice some things that's happening when you pray. Notice some things that happen when you pray. Okay, or when God gives you instructions. And this worked with the, on the devil's side, too. Okay, so while God is telling Elijah where to go, He's also telling the birds where to go. While Elijah is telling him to go to Zarephath, he's also telling this woman, there's a man coming. And I need you to feed him. I need you to feed him. And so he said, now, I, I, have, I, have, come, I, have, I have commanded her to sustain you there. He said, I, I, I've commanded you, commanded him. So God is speaking to, he's speaking to the widow and Elijah at the same time. Now, I said this too. I said this too, that, that he is actually, the devil uses the same concept. He uses the same concept. Think about it. I've heard people, I heard, I, heard, I heard guys tell me this. I heard folks tell me this. Now, at the same time that the, that the devil is telling you to go somewhere and buy some, some drugs, guess what he's doing over here? He's telling the police that Ray's going to be over there buying drugs this evening. <laughs> you, you, wonder, you wonder how you get caught. Because that same devil that led you there, Led the police over there. Yeah, he, he, he used the same concept. Why, look at it in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 12. He said, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight. Look at these directions now. He said, go into the street, that street called straight. Get on straight street. He said, get on straight street and inquire in the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Now, notice now, he's speaking to Ananias. Paul is praying. And Paul has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. So in other words, what I'm saying is, God, while God is speaking to Paul, He's speaking to Ananias. He's talking to them both at the same time and leading them, bringing them together. That's why when somebody come and tell you something God said, you should already know. You should already know. Because God telling this, he telling, he telling Ananias where Paul is and what Paul is doing. And he telling Paul that in a vision that Ananias is coming to lay his hands on you so you can see. And just think about it, if either one of them had a disobeyed and not went where God told them to be, what would have happened? Paul might have stayed blind. He might have, all, all the books of the Bible might have been written in Braille. 
so very much is dependent on doing what God says and not trying to be a God to ourselves. So much is, 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 is hanging on that. So much is, 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 is relying on us doing what he say. Needs are met. Lives saved. Minds changed. Direction given. Peace and God's presence experience. Love shown. And just the opposite of all that if we don't do it. Folk can be saved because we hear God and do what he say. Let me say this to you. A lot of times we think that we're thinking, and I always remember this. When you think that you're thinking, and we tell people this all the time, I was thinking about you today. It's not so much that you were thinking about somebody as it is that God was putting somebody on your mind. Because a lot of times when, when I realized that I was thinking about somebody, God, was, God is letting me know that they, they're coming. Or he's letting me know something is going on with that individual. And we need to be super sensitive to what comes into our head because we, we waiting on some, some kind of supernatural audible voice to come to us when God is injecting thoughts into your mind every day, all day. I remember one day I was at work and I was walking around and we were, I was checking the parts that they were putting on. And when I walked over there, I looked at the guy. He was pulling in some parts, and I looked at him. And I said, oh, those are wrong. And then I second-guessed myself, and I said, no, nah, maybe I read it wrong, and he got it right. Come to find out we had 380-something engines put on hold because he put the wrong starter on, and I saw it. God showed it to me. He showed it to me. I looked right at it. But I, and, 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 and even if you think you're wrong, just say something. It wouldn't hurt if I had to say, hey, hey, is that right? Done it many times. I mean, God just leads you around and just show. He, he showed me several times. I, I was standing in the right place. And I asked a question. Oh, we're so glad you were standing here. But God put the, it, it's not us. It's God putting the thoughts in our minds. How much chaos we can stop, how much trouble we can save if we hear the voice of God, if we hear what he's saying and just have courage enough to ask a question. Just ask, just ask. It don't, it don't hurt if you're wrong. And when somebody comes to your mind, don't wait and, and, and wait till you see them and say, hey, I was thinking about you the other day. I don't need you thinking about me. I need, if anything, I need you praying for me. If I come to your mind, please, just for 30 seconds, just, just 15 seconds, just stop and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on with him, but help him. Hey, that's good enough. That's good enough. God don't need long prayers. He knows what's going on. He knows what's necessary and needed. He just needs a prayer. He's putting it in, in our minds so we can actually pray to give him an open door and access to us. Now he still got, he always got mercy he can lean on. He always got mercy he can lean on. But we got to be sensitive to the voices that come into our mind. It's, it's up to us to discern is it God or is it the devil? Is it God? Every thought that comes in your head is not the devil and every one that comes in your head is not God. But God speaks in those thoughts that come into your mind. Look at that. Check that. Don't go that way. Turn left. Turn right. Instead of going left, go right. Slow down. Everybody heard God speak to them when they speed. State troop over the hill. And soon you top the hill. Guess what? He's sitting there waiting on you. If you, you know what? That just tell me how good God is. I'm breaking the law. I mean, breaking the law. And here he is trying to help me. Here he is saying, slow down. Get ready to get a ticket. So if I get it, guess who fault it is? Nobody but mine. Nobody but mine. God, God done spoke to me and told me. He over the hill. Now, you know God got to tell you that. You don't know. And the devil ain't trying to save you. So what is it? It ain't nothing but God. And the same way on the job. Sister Virginia, don't say that. Don't say that, huh? Don't say that. 
I know he done told me a hundred times. I remember I used to be at home, man, when I was real crazy, real crazy. I'd be, I'd, I'd be at work, so now I'd be at home. I'd be on the phone talking to her, and, and, and I'd tell her, I'm getting ready to send this email. I'd read it to her. She said, I don't do that. Don't do it. Don't send that. I said, boop, gone. <laughs> Boy, I could send someone and make them want to come through the phone line. I'm serious. And she was trying to save me. She was trying to save me. She was trying to stop me. She, she heard, she heard, she didn't just hear what I said. She heard what I was feeling. She heard what was going on behind it. And God, the same way, he'd be trying to stop us. He'd be trying to tell you, hey, hey, don't, don't, don't say that. And you, you, you got God, get back. I got to say this. I got, I got, I got to let them know this. They, <laughs> he ain't getting away with this. You know, God trying to stop you. Trying to keep you from making a fool out of yourself. You know? And, and, and God, God, I'm telling you. But I'm going to say this too. If it's something that needs to be said, pray for a time. Because when you feel like it and when you tense and when you angry and upset, it's not necessarily always the time. I've been sitting in a meeting with my managers, managers and boy, they, they getting us down the country and I know he's wrong. And I know if I say something now, it's going to be on. So what I do, I said, God, I need an opportunity. I got this on my chest. I got to get it off. I said, give me an opportunity to do it. And every time. One day, God, I, I prayed about a situation. God brought this man, me and him, standing right there together. I said, oh, by the way, something you said the other day. No argument, no fight. In God's time, I'm telling you, it's peace. It's peace. And you, you open folks' eyes. They see what you're saying. And now every meeting we go in, he'll, he'll look over at me and say, now, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm not just talking about second shift. And the other guy realized, he said, why do you keep telling you that? I said, because of the conversation we had. See, when God in it, God bring, he make everything smooth. He bring peace to situations. So, the question is this. The question is, are you tired yet? Because the truth of the matter, you, can't do, you ain't going to do nothing about it until you get tired, until you're exhausted. When you're exhausted, you'll say, that's when we call on God. When we ain't got no strength left, I can't hold. I, I want to hit him, but I can't raise my arm. I can't raise my hand. I can't do nothing. God has to bring us to the old place. He, he got it. That's where he got to put us. He got to, he got to put us. Most of y'all like that song. Like that song. Been working for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired yet. See, do you get tired? <laughs> When you get tired, that's when God's going to start helping you. Remember this. Always remember this. When your hand's like this, God's hand on the situation. When your hand's like this, God's okay. Okay. Let me see how you, let me, let me see how, like, like I heard uh, somebody say, let me see how that worked for you. Let's see how that works for you. Because God said he's not going to put his hands on something that you already got your hands on because he knows when he fix it, you're going to say, ooh, look what I did. Y'all saw me then. Y'all saw me fix that. Yeah. And God knows you're going to try to take the glory, so he's going to actually got to put you in a position where your hands are up, you're exhausted, you're tired, you can't do nothing to, so he can... So he can get the glory because it's not about folk looking at us and praising us. It's about us giving the glory to God. So he looked good. Not so we look good. So because what is a person going to gain if they follow me? What are they going to gain if they praise me? Nothing. Nothing. It's for me to get these people to God. It's for me... God want to shine through us so people can see him and not us. He take, he take nothing and put them in places. You know, it, 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 I'm telling you, it is so amazing. It is so amazing. If you will learn this one, this one little lesson, one little thing, and I forget it too often myself, 
talk to the Holy Spirit. You'll be amazed. He will amaze you. He will amaze you at the answers that he will give you and the stuff that you don't know nothing about. He'll give you revelation and understanding on how to do it, how to make it happen. If you just, just say, Holy Spirit, what, what's, what's going on here? What's happening? I learned so much stuff last night just by simply talking to the Holy Spirit. Did we solve the problem? No, but I learned so a lot of stuff. I learned a lot of stuff by just asking the Holy Spirit, just talking to the Holy Spirit. That's what he's there for. That's what he's there for. He came to be the God in our life and not us being the God in our own lives. Not us. Because when we get to be, when we take the place of God, we create chaos, havoc, and all kind of messes. All kind of situations. Everything go haywire. It may, hey, don't misunderstand me. It may look good and go good for a while. It was a guy I, I was talking to last night, end of the night. This is what he said. He said he used to be a youth pastor. A children's pastor. I won't tell you, I won't name the church that he was a pastor, children's pastor of, but he said, he said something happened. His wife said, I think he got to be a children's pastor after he got to be, after he married. So she said that she didn't buy in, she, she didn't buy into all of this stuff about being a children's pastor. She said she, she didn't want to be out front and have to live a certain lifestyle in a certain way. So he wound up getting divorced. He wound up being angry with God. Then he came to himself and realized that he, you know, God didn't do it and so on and so forth. But then this is what he told me. He said, he said, but I'm not ready to give my life to God. But he said, he said, because I got things going the way I wanted to go. He said, I, I, I got my, my children, you know, my girlfriend, you know, everything seemed to be in place. I said, so you willing to give up eternity for this? I mean, you, you and, and I said, this is, this is only temporary. The devil is only leading you to the great ambush. He, he, he's not, he's giving you peace. It's almost like give him rope. He'll hang himself. He's letting you feel comfortable because he, he like the way you're going. You know, as long as you go in the way he wants you to go, he, there's no resistance, there's no chaos, there's no trouble. It's always peace because he's trying to walk you to hell without conflict. And if you, and if you, and see, that's what I mean by he don't want to give his life to God because he, he said he understands and God didn't cause it, but he's saying out of the other side of his mouth, I don't want to give my life to God because I don't want him to do the same thing again. I don't want the same thing to happen again. So in other words, I believe in God, but I don't trust him with my family, my wife, my children, these situations. In other words, that thing that I love, God may ask me to sacrifice. And I ain't willing to do it. I'm not willing to do it. I'm not going to do it. And that's where the problem comes. And see, most of us are like that. We got certain, and we might, we're not, might, might not be that way totally, but there are certain things, certain areas in our life where we still are trying to be God in them. And we won't let God be God in them because we know if we let God be God in them, we got to turn some things loose. We got to let some people go. We got to walk away from some things. We got to change some stuff, you know. I'm trying to let God be God because I'm, I'm waiting on him to tell me, man, don't go to work no more, man. <laughs> you ain't got to go down there no more. That's the word I'm waiting on. I'd probably be, probably be 80 waiting on it, but I'm waiting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Here go the raven over here. And, and I, got to bring, I got to bring the red bread to the raven. <laughs> For the raven to fix it. <laughs> Oh, Lord of mercy. So that's the question. Are we tired? Are we tired? Are we tired of where we are? Are we tired of going through what we're going through, dealing with what we're dealing with, and ready to let God, give God his rightful place again? Because like I said, I know situations, we've been separated, we've been isolated, we've been, we've been dealing with stuff, trying to handle things on our own, trying to manage, trying to make it. 
But now is, is, is all of our times to just say, God, I, I see what my works got me. I see the results of my effort. I see what it's brought me. So now I want to give it back to you. I want to give it up. I want to release it. If you to that place and that point, you don't have to stand, you don't have to come, you don't have to raise your hands, you don't have to do nothing but just right where you are. Just ask God to. And, and, and know this, that you can't do nothing without him. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you the branch, and without me you can do nothing. So just ask him to, ask him to help you to come to that place to make him Lord and give him his rightful authority in your life again. Situations that you've been handling and trying to be in charge of and take control over and, and manage. Here's your opportunity to lay that situation on the altar and say, God, I can't do it. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I think this was what I need to do, but I, know, I don't know whether that's right or not. So it's your time now to lay that on the altar and then just wait for God and see what God does. See what he, what he wants to do in that situation. So wherever you are in that, you're tired, frustrated, aggravated, tired of going around in circles. I've been in the wilderness 39 years and, and I only had a seven mile journey and I still hadn't made it after 39 years. If you're tired, you're tired of going in circles, just let God have it now. Now is your time. Now is the day. Now is your opportunity to say, God, I turn it loose. I give it up. I give it to you. I release it. I turn it over to you. I've been trying to have relationships. I've been trying to manage this business. I've been trying to run this job. I've been trying to manage my family. I've been trying to change my children. I've been trying to deal with these neighbors. I, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, I've been struggling with these finances. And I just, I just can't seem to get my head above water. So God, today I'm giving it up. I'm turning it over. I'm releasing it to you. And I'm waiting now. Just like you gave Abraham those instructions. Just like you told Elijah where to be. Show me where you've commanded my provision to come from. I've tried to do it my own way and it does not seem to work. So show me where my provision is. Show me where I need to go, where I need to do, what I need, where I need to be. Who do you need to send me to? Where do you need to send me to? And wait on God to speak to you. And in your waiting, be thankful for him sustaining you and blessing you and keeping you. And the blessing may not be like you think it should be, may not be like you want it to be. But he's blessing you right where you are, right with what you, what you have. If, you, if, 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 if the only thing that's above water is your nose and your mouth, that's all you need to be above water, to breathe and to live. But God is going to bring you out of the water if you listen and obey what he tells you. So thank him now. Thank him for moving, for doing it, for liberating, for setting you free. Thank him that you hear him and you're going to follow him and obey him and you're going to start to see results and changes in your life. Thank him that you are going to be willing to give up that thing that you love so much for what he has and desires for you. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it, sir. I thank you that you're speaking to people all, over, all, all around this room, everybody in this room. You're speaking everywhere, giving direction and instruction, showing them what to do. And even if you're not doing it now, you're going to do it in their very near future. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. And let them be quick to obey you in what you say. We bless you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe and share with somebody you know. 
and tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries Church.